Father, we thank you that you have given to us this opportunity to gather together. And the song reminds us of the priorities of living. Reminds us, Lord, that there is nothing greater to do than to be serving you. Not the ones in charge, per se, but the ones who can be representatives of you. And so we ask, Lord, that even in these next few moments, Lord, as we unpack and we take a look at some of the scriptures that you've laid upon my heart for this uh, next season for us at Central, that, that it will become real to us. Lord, that we will find that these scriptures and these passages will become inspirational in how we live and, and why we live and, 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 what we, and how we treat other individuals. And first of all, and mostly, Lord, about how we please you. So move in our midst, I pray. Have your way. We give you all the glory and the praise. Let everybody say amen, amen, amen. Well, I got back from uh, a week of uh, being able to uh, be a, a guest minister at, at Brother Jeff Connors Church, my friend from uh, Winter Haven, Florida. And uh, it was uh, just a wonderful time and service there. They had their first Wednesday, and I, and I understand we had a great time here. and had about 50 people here pressing in, praising the Lord at, at, at our time of our, of our first Wednesday as well. So if you missed out on that, please plan to come back. I um, want to let you know that this week starting, we're going to have a special time on Wednesdays, uh, every Wednesday except for the first Wednesday when we're going to just be pressing in. And uh, what we have re been referred to as something called harp and bowl type of thing. We're going to have some some music, some worship prophetic type music and prayers and things. And, and uh, we're going to pray for specific things. How many of you know that we need prayer in America? We need prayer in the churches again. Amen. And, uh, you know, so uh, we, we, we have it. Uh, and, and different accents at different points in times, but I really feel that we need to have our church, our body, come together and pray. Now, I understand that there's some classes that are going on, some life groups that are, that are meeting, and, and, and feel free to continue to go to those. But those of you who are not doing anything, come and pray. Come and pray for an hour, hour and a half, you know, whatever it is, as long as you can stay. And it will be a time in which we will, I'm going to call, I'm gonna, I would say, how many of you know that sometimes prayers work? Okay, because you're 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 coming against your flesh, <laughs> right? All right. It, it, it's sometimes we we get a we get a. I got, you're gonna have a sermon for the sermon here because you, you need to understand this. All right. Too many people look at prayer as a wish list time, and not a getting my life in alignment with Him time. <laughs> prayer is me saying, Lord, I'm dependent upon you. He knows what I have need of even before I ask it. But I need to ask for his intervention to be able to lead me to respond to the situations that are bigger than me, that are beyond me. Anybody have any of those in your life? And you need God to work. Okay, just a few of you, all right? Am I at Central Assembly of God today, all right? <laughs> you out there, wave your hand at me. All right, there you go. So we're going to pray. And uh, we're just going to do this as long as the Lord would have us uh, to do that and, and uh, move on from there. But I want you to turn your scriptures, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 17. We're going to move into a series in a moment that I'll give you, you know, the, the, the title of, and, and actually it's been advertised. Well, it says, How Well Do I Know God? But a theme verse, I think, for this whole next eight weeks is this, all right? We find here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, it says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Say, know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. He's the, all of these, this part, we're going to unpack this. We're going to take a number of weeks to be talking about this and, and what this means to us. But, but the, the, the crux of it all is that we would come to know him better, all right? Now, there's some things that we need to actually know him better, and, and we're going to see those things. But what we're going to see is sometimes the world and how big it is. How many of you know that it's a very big world? But it seems pretty small at times, too. I mean, I've traveled from, from one part of this nation and gone down to Central America and ran into people from when I was pastor over in Vassar, ran into people walking on the side of the road when our van broke down who were from where? Vassar. Now, that's crazy, right? You know, I mean, it's like, that, that's amazing that that could happen. But, but, but it did, and we knew some people, some uh, similar people. It was, it was just crazy. But go ahead to the next slide, if you would, please. See, I think that sometimes our view, our perspective on the world is this. Uh, see, there's, how well do I know God? You, you got this great big thing that's in front of you, all right? This great big thing called creation, all right? But there in front of you also is the sky and the sun and the stars and the moon. I mean, it's all, and it seems out of touch. But I believe that if you can come to know the characteristics and the attributes of God, you come to understand who he is and what he wants to do, it will help you to walk life at a whole new level. Knowing him, how well do I know God? There's people who know about God, but how well do we know God? And when you come to understand what he knows about you and what he wants to do, then all of a sudden it becomes a whole lot clearer, right? See, this is our viewpoint here. Was it, which, which slide was first there? There we go. There, that one is. See, this is the point where I really want, want you to see here is that this is the part where we're really not in the focus. We're really not in the picture. But God wants to bring us into focus, does he not? Go ahead and go to the next slide, if you would, please, after that. Go ahead, next one. There we go. I want to read this to you from the message. It's Ephesians 1.17. It says, the same, same passage, but just written from a different translation. But I do more than think. I ask. Ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Now, if you go to our, 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 um, our growth track, you'll see that this is also a, a theme passage for this. But I really feel like this was a, where we need to go for us is for helping everyone to understand God has a desire to personally know you. Personally. And you to personally know him. Your eyes should be focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for Christians. Oh, you just got to say this right, all right? <laughs> that, that, that almost had to have a bunch of H's after it, right? Because that's like, oh, the utter, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy. How many want some of that? Boundless strength. Well, he is that. And guess what? He lives within you. His power is available to you. He is the same today as he was yesterday, all right? See, there's some things that you need to come to know about God that your life is not testifying about. 
All right, let me say that again. There's some things you need to come to know about God and a way in which you will know him that our life has up to this point not been testifying about. But when you come to know who he is and what he wants to do through you, then all of a sudden, as I said before, you're going to be walking at a whole new level. How many want to walk at a new level? I know I left off with that last week, but I'm telling you, there is something that God has in store for us, and we have been selling ourselves short. And so the message title for today, in keeping with this theme, is this. He knows, uh, how well do I know God? Here's what I want you to know. He knows everything about me. So what, you might say? What, what, what does it matter if he knows everything about me? He's all-knowing. So what does that mean? He's omniscient. He knows all about the history that's ever been. He knows all about the things that will ever be. He was there in the beginning of creation. He knows, but he knows everything about you. And we're going to take a look at some areas in our life that he knows about us. And I believe that if you can start living with these things in mind, that all of a sudden you're going to go from just knowing about God and, and, and stressing over certain things to, to living and finding peace and finding fulfillment and finding purpose. And, and, and you, people will look at you and they'll say, wow. I want that kind of faith. I want that kind of joy and that kind of peace. So first thing you need to understand is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. It says this, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare to him whom we must give account. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. He knows, right? He knows everything about me. Just go ahead and tell that to your neighbor. He knows everything about me. What does he know? What does he know? Well, let me tell you something. He knows, get this, all of your faults and failures. Write it down, all right? He knows your faults and failures. Well, what good does it do me for me to realize or for you to preach or share with me today that God knows my faults and failures? Well, we're going to get to that, all right? Because he wants to know you, but he wants you to realize, I know all your faults and failures. In Psalm 69.5 from the Good News Version, it says, My sins, O God, are not hidden from you. You know how foolish I've been. Now, who says this? King David, right? A man after who? God's own heart. Someone who says, my sins, oh God, they're not hidden from you. You know everything about me. All of my foolishness. How foolish I have been. The fact is, sometimes we want to forget this particular part about God, his omniscience. We move down some certain paths and we think that, you know what, we can hide some things from him. It's been happening all the way from the very beginning of the time in the garden. But Adam and Eve figured it out real quick, right? You can't hide things from God. Now, he wasn't, when they were off and they were gone because they had partaken of the fruit of the tree, and God comes into the garden and he says to them, where are you? He wasn't asking the question because he didn't know. He was asking the question because he wanted them to realize, you can't hide from me. Where are you? You think that you can hide. You think that you can cover up. You know, it's uncomfortable Really, and I'm going to use this word, to be naked before God. It's uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we, we, we look at this. And now in a physical and a spiritual sense, I want you to understand, it's uncomfortable for him to be able to see through and know every single motive that I have, 
every single failure that I've had, every single fault. I mean, how many of you like it when you, you do things right? Come on. We all like it when we do things right. We like it when other people recognize when we do things right. When we don't do things right and we act foolishly, we become embarrassed. But listen, you can't have a secret from God. You can't get into a locked room and be in a closet and stay there because God is looking for you. He's trying to know you. And, 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 and well, he doesn't know you. He knows about you. But he wants you to know him. He wants us to be a reciprocating relationship so that you can absolutely know. Can you think for a moment how... How many times if, if you've tried to hide something from God, your failures and your faults? We tried to, you know, and, and you say, well, it was never before God. It was just before other people. I really didn't want to let other people know my failures and my faults. But I really want you to think about this. How many times have we acted in such a manner way that we actually act like we're trying to hide them from God? Our failures and our faults. We try to talk him into seeing us in a different way than what we really are. Because guess what? We're embarrassed. The Apostle Paul kind of was embarrassed. And he says, he says I, 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 the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do do. I mean, I'm, do do. It's horrible. <laughs> Come on. He says, he says, what then he says in Romans chapter 8, thanks be to God, there is no condemnation. What am I trying to get at here today? What am I trying to help you to understand? He knows everything about you. He knows your failures and your faults. And if you begin to live like that and understood that you can't hide it anyway, then it create a whole lot more openness as you approached him. How in the world will you be able to do what it says in Scripture to approach the throne of God Right? Boldly, if you're thinking constantly about all the faults and the failures. You're thinking you have no rights, you have no access. Certainly, he was, doesn't want you in his presence. And, and certainly, he, we know that he hates sin, right? But he doesn't hate you. He knows your faults and failures. He, he made you. He knew that the devil was going to come after you. And, and uh, he will try to convince you that you could try to hide things from him. That he will try to put in your ear no one will ever know. Just go ahead and do it. Just go ahead and say it. Just go ahead and think it. No one will ever know. But guess what? God knows. God knows it all the time. You may be able to hide it from your parents, young person. You may be able to hide it from your spouse, uh, husband or wife. You may be able to hide it from your kids for a little while. You may be able to hide it from the IRS or from the boss. But guess what? You cannot hi hide it from God. The thing is that God's not shocked by your sin. He's already seen it. Oh, his heart aches. But he saw it coming. And, and you know, when you confess it, you are that much closer to being in a spot to where God can help you then. We act like it. We go around in a pious form and fashion, and we, we, we act as if we didn't do something wrong when we did, when it's a whole lot better. You get a whole lot closer to God the faster you acknowledge your faults and failures because he knows them already. You think that the Apostle Paul understood that when he called himself what? The chief of what? Sinners. 
He wasn't just trying to make a preaching point. He wasn't just trying to build somebody else up. He was actually what he, that's the way he viewed it. He says, I'm the chief of sinners. I'm, I, you know, he, he wasn't measuring in the sense that I commit more sins than everybody else. But, but here I am. I'm trying to do what God wants me to do. I'm trying to preach and proclaim the gospel. But I understand within me that there's still the, that carnal way that tries to rise itself to the ugly surface and top. But you know what? I acknowledge it before God. I acknowledge it before people. And therefore, the condemnation that the enemy tries to bring towards me doesn't work. Listen, be honest with God. Admit it. The Bible says this. It says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. How foolish is it to walk around foolishly not admitting to somebody who sees and knows it all? (laughs) I mean, if you could stack foolishness upon foolishness, that's what it would be, right? You know what I'm saying? So what comes? What comes by you knowing that he knows everything about you? Freedom. Liberty. Access. Cover-ups don't work especially when you're trying to cover things up for the, from, you know, in the Lord. So he knows everything about me. Say that with me, everyone. He knows everything about me. The second thing is this. Go ahead, if you would, please. He knows all my feelings and frustrations. Did you know that? Did you know that about God? How well does he know you? He knows all of your feelings and your frustrations. Well, I thought if I didn't speak those things that they would never... No one could ever know those things. That's the thing about God. He knows them all. He sympathizes with us in our what? Weakness. Listen, Psalms 31, 7 says, You, God, have listened to all my troubles and have seen the crisis in my soul. Wow. He's really being transparent there, right? He's really making it known. And Psalm 56, 6 says, you know uh, how troubled I am. You have kept a record of my tears. Are those just flowy words? Or are those inspired God words who he inspired the authors to write down and depend so that you can realize that's how personal God is? How many tears have you cried and you felt like you was all alone and no one understood you at all? No one could, could grasp what you're going through, what you're feeling, and the frustrations that you have. And then we find in scriptures where he says, you know how troubled you are? You've kept a record of my tears. When the enemy comes to you and tells you that God doesn't care, that God's just, you know, he's just more concerned, he's got bigger things in in, in play, and he doesn't care about you, -uh, you can go to the scriptures, you can say, no, he's kept a record of my tears, he knows my feelings, he knows my frustrations. And many times when we're hurting and we feel isolated and alone, maybe it's because of a death in a family, maybe it's because of a divorce, Maybe it's because we've been fired. And maybe it's because we've just failed at being whom we think that we're supposed to be. Or we are supposed to be. And we make the statement, nobody understands what I'm going through. You've had conversations with people. 
You've been someone maybe on the other side of the fence, and you've been trying to help them to understand. On the other side of the aisle, and you're trying to help them to understand. Listen, he cares about you. He said, nobody understands. Nobody's going through what I'm going through. I'm all alone. Listen, I don't care who you are or where you're at or what you're going through right now, but there isn't somebody else, all right, who's probably been there right there with you, okay? The stories would abound when we start to talk about what it's taken for people to be overcomers in this room, okay? And so when the enemy comes, and he tries to tell you, you know what, you're all alone you, you are different than everybody else but and, and, and certainly God doesn't care about that but here he says today I want you to know that he your creator sympathizes with your hurts he not only sees it but he cares about you all right and he understands why it happened you see how well do I know God the question really comes into play when I come, come to understand that he knows everything about me. He understands why what is happening to me happened. He understands if it was your fault. Come on, raise your hand if it's ever been your fault. <laughs> if it was somebody else's fault, raise your hand if it's been someone else's fault. Yeah. How about that dirty, rotten devil? He just attacking you. Come on, raise your hand if anyone felt the attacks of the devil, all right? All right? Yeah. You see, it doesn't matter the source. What matters is that God understands the why. So he's got a solution to try to help you to get past that feeling so it doesn't structure the way in which you respond to people. He's got a way to be able to say, I understand how you feel this way. And here's a but. All right, this is a but. But you need not let this control you. You need not let this shape you. You need not let this form you. You need not let this be the identifying mark within your life because of your feeling that you're having right now, because of the frustration that you're experiencing. You need to know I understand why you're here, and guess what? I want to help you to understand why you're here, and if it's been due to some cause of the decisions that you've made, I want to help you to make right decisions from this point forward. That's what he's saying to you. And, oh, yeah, that dirty, rotten devil, guess what? That's all right. If he's come against you, it doesn't even matter because greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world, right? You don't have to be downtrodden. You don't have to be overwhelmed. Listen, you feel that way. The frustrations, I understand it. I know how you feel, he says. But you don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay in isolation. You don't have to be embarrassed when you want to tell it to somebody else. Sometimes you're so stuck. Sometimes we're going through some uh, hard times for so long that we think that nobody wants to hear about what's going on in our lives. Come on, you, you know some people like that. You ask them how they're doing, and it just seems like nothing ever goes right. And you get embarrassed because at times you felt like that's you. Hmm. Wouldn't it be awesome to have the character of Christ in us so much so that when we understand what somebody would be vulnerable to tell us what they're going through, that we'd have the compassion and the passion of God for them, that we can speak the truth in love, and if it's due to some decision that they're making, be able to tell you this. And, and you know what, be able to risk them getting a little mad at us. How many of you had somebody mad at you because you spoke the truth before? 
But you know what? That love part, that's what that's what that's a sprinkling on the top of everything, all right? And and if you can continue to stay in that realm and you can be the agent of God for people who are hurting in their feelings and in their frustrations, then all of a sudden a reality of God's existence becomes real to them. But if they're tossed to the side, if they're just disregarded, because you ain't got time or you figure they ought to be further than what they are then, are you depicting the very nature and character of God or are you depicting the fleshliness that's within us? He's long-suffering. He's patient. He's kind. He understands my frustrations. He understands my feelings. You see, if he sees my hurts, I can give them, th- them to him. I can give him all my hurts. I can do what it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Cast all my cares upon him, for he cares for me. Right? He cares for me. Come on, say that with me, this next part again. Next slide, if you would, please. Say this. He knows everything about me. He knows about my what? My failures, right? He knows about my feelings and my frustrations. The other thing he knows is about your future. He knows about your future. In Psalm 139, 16, it says this, The days allotted to me had all been recorded in your book before any of them ever began. Oh, by the way, I've already, I've already recorded everything, every event that's ever going to happen to you. Right? These days. You might think, um, well then what am I actually even doing with having these conversations with God about changing this or changing He already knows what my decision is going to be. He already knows what my actions are. How many of you know getting too far down in the future, that kind of makes my head swim a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give you hope and a future. That's a very familiar passage of Scripture, but the part you need to, we, we concentrate upon the plans often, the plans, the plans. We think about the plans, we think about the future, we think about the hope and all this. Stuff. But I want you to concentrate upon the no. For I know, I know, he says, I know, say that to somebody, he knows. <laughs> He knows my future. He knows what things are in store for me. Everybody is interested in their future. Everybody in the world is, is looking to just kind of have it unfold it a little bit because we think that a knowledge to this future will help us to respond in a better manner and way. It's always comical to me when I talk with individuals and they hear news for the first time. And they may not be, have been the first person to hear it. And so they become frustrated because guess what? Somebody else knows something before they did. But how many, how many of you know that you just can't put out a world alert and everybody knows everything all at once? But the frustration level that happens within some people is amazing to me. They, they, they'll get all huffy and puffy. You mean they knew that before me? When was you going to tell me about this? You've all had conversations like this. You know what I'm talking about. You know, when was you going to tell me? Well, I'm so thankful that the Lord knows all of the plans. He knows all things, and, and I don't have to go to some astrologist. I don't have to read a horoscope. 
I don't have to be worried about tea leaves or consulting with other people or my biorhythms or any of those other types of things. Listen, God knows what's going to happen to me next. And he's going to show me exactly what I need to know when I need to know it. Now, some of us get frustrated with that. Where it's like, I wish you would have just told me that that person was eventually going to come to know the Lord because I would have treated them a whole lot different. Come on. If you just knew, because we don't want to do something and feel like we're doing it in vain, do we? We just want to know, is my efforts going to be successful? Is what the Lord is leading me in, in, in going to make a difference in someone else's life? We want to be able to open up the book and see in, the, in, in this book that's written down everything about the future so that we can get our emotions ready for it. We're so sensitive, are we not? Our, our emotions are so frail that we can't handle the disappointment. I have a question for you, and that is, who do you do what you do for? Who do you do what you do for? Because the word of God says, everything I do, I should do is unto the Lord. Whatever I do, I should do in faith. I should do expecting that, that the, the, the good, righteous acts that I'm doing, they're not acquiring for me salvation, but they are the right way to act in response to the situation that's in hand because the character of Christ is within me, right? I can't predict the future. I, I, I want to know the future, but let me tell you something. He does know the future. He sees my tomorrow. He sees my today. He knows everything that you're going to face, and he is not limited by time. He could see in the past, and he could see in the future all at the same time. Isn't that amazing? I mean, he's, he is, he's not like a helicopter parent, okay, but he has a helicopter, all right? He's got a bird's eye view. He could see a long way down the road. He could see what's going on right underneath him, and he could see what happened in the past where you was at he can know it all how why is this important because when you come to understand how well you know God and that he knows everything about you you will quit stressing about the future you'll quit stressing about the things that you can't do anything about you will truly become a person who says I am going to work as unto the Lord regardless about how this ever turns out but one thing is for sure I am going to treat people the way in which the Bible tells me to treat people I am going to be kind to them when they're not kind to me I am going to to, to, to give even when I feel taken for granted hello God knows it all. In Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3, he says, Call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. What do you have to do? Call unto him. Call unto him. You see, when you come to know who he is, and you understand that he knows everything there is about you, you will call unto him because you know the one who, has, who knows the future. You know the one who's going to help you through the future, who's going to help you to walk in the right manner and way. Listen, once again, when I pray, I'm praying for God to help me. That's the prayer time so much more shapes me than it does shapes God. He can't change. If you're driving up on a mountain and a curving road and you're caught behind a slow car, you're thinking for a moment, boy, if I could just see around this corner. 
If I could just get around this thing, you know, you, you, you would be able to, 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 to get there. Well, guess what? Sometimes, all right, it's not in your favor to want to go ahead and make that pass, even if you can see around that future. You know what I'm saying? It makes you a little erratic. It makes you a little bit, you, 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 there may not be anybody else coming in the opposite direction, but you may not be able to handle the speed of the curve to which you're going to go yourself. Oh, you become confident. We become, sometimes we call it courageous, but guess what? Sometimes it's just plain stupid. Hello? Sometimes it's just, you know what, we try to get ahead. You could say ignorant. You could say lacking in knowledge. All of those types of things. It's like I, you just don't know. <laughs> when you get up in the morning and you sit there with God, whether you take five minutes, ten minutes, a half hour, an hour, and you approach him and you say, God Almighty, creator of the universe, the one who knows all things, who knows everything about me. You know my future. May that which I read today contribute to the shaping of me to the person you want me to be. May you help me respond to life's blows and the things that are happening in a form and fashion that will bring glory and honor to you. May your word wash my conscience. May it come alive within me because it is alive, because he is the word. It's you. May you shine through me. May you, may, may you be evidence in everybody else that I come in to meet. Are you, are, you, are you feeling this and sensing where your prayer time can go when you come to understand that God knows everything about you? He knows the things. That, Lord, right now I know that boss is going to treat me bad. I know someone's going to try to take advantage of me, but Lord, you know my future. Help me, oh God, to respond in a right, right manner and way that I can bring glory and honor to you. Fourthly, he knows all my fears. Oh, before we do that, say this with me. Go back for a moment. Say this with me. He knows everything about me. All right, next one, please. He knows all about all of my fears. He knows the things that get you uptight. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we wear? Just ponder how many times we've, we've even said those same statements. Didn't realize that we were in opposition with the word of God. Now, asking the question about what we're going to eat tonight is different than worrying about it. And, and, and I want to be sensitive. There's been some people here and you've known what it was like to truly ask, ask the question, and what shall we eat? Not knowing if there was going to be anything to eat. How do I get to a place to where I can be filled with faith, as he speaks of? By acknowledging who he is and what he's capable of, and he knows my fears. And he tells us this passage so that you may ask the question, you may have had the failures, you may have, have feel, felt like, oh my goodness, Lord, I'm frustrated, my feelings with this. And, but he says to you, you don't have to worry about it because I took care of the birds of the air, the lilies of the field, I'm going to take care of you. And it may mean that things get a little uncomfortable. It may mean that other people may look at you and they may make the false accusation that there must be sin in your life. Hello? Has anyone ever felt that before? Someone said that to you. You know why this is going on? Because of sin. 
Oh, there's biblical principles. I can't talk about them all, but he says, what shall we eat? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. There, that word is again, knows. Sometimes we act like God is unaware of our bills. Right? If you don't realize he knows everything about you, then all of a sudden this bill comes up, and you're just like, oh, God, this happened. This broke. And the fear comes, and you start to react act erratically. And then we begin to talk to him like we're telling him something for the first time. <laughs> but guess what? He knows your fears. When you don't remember when you don't remember what God knows and you start getting upset, you start getting uptight, you begin to fall apart and you start wondering how is this all going to take place and we come and we read that scripture that's also hard to difficult and understanding that the worrying Worrying is not of God. Do not be anxious for anything, but with prayer and supplications make your requests known to God. So the peace of God will transcend both your heart and your mind. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. In the midst of your fears, guess what? Rejoice. For Matthew chapter 6, verse 8 says, Your Father knows what you need even before you ask Him. God is fully aware of your needs. Prayer is never giving God the information. It's not like you giving Him a report of the things that's going on. He knows what you have fear of. And He wants to come and He says, Listen, be strong and courageous. But you don't know what you're asking of me. I've never led uh, thousands and thousands and a million people before. And he comes to Joshua and he says, you're going to take the place of Moses. Moses? You mean that guy he just took up on the, on the mountaintop and never came back? You want me to take his place? Do you know what he put up with? Do you know his feelings? Do you know his frustrations? Nobody would listen to him. Certainly he must have been a failure. You see the way we just assess things? You think that Moses would be on the success list today in the end of some people? They'd be looking at him like, well, he did pretty good for that little while there. <laughs> but in the end, in the end, he didn't even get to go in the promised land. Well, I think the Lord knew about that, and he wrote about that in Hebrews 11 and gave a whole list of a bunch of other people who didn't get to see the promise fulfilled, but he still commended them for their faith. What do you want? Do you want success as the world says it's success, or do you want success as God says it's success, right? Amen? Do you want to get to that place where you say, you know what? I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to be consumed. All of the pagans, they run after these things. Uh, but the Heavenly Father has no, knows of what I have need of, and guess what? I take comfort in that because I understand this. Say it with me. Very, next slide, please. He knows, right, everything about me. Lastly, he knows about my faithfulness. This is the exciting part. Every time you do something right, God knows. Now, it's not a fast track like it is in the rest of the world, you know. Like, if I can do enough good things, then I can build up enough credit in my bank, in my worldly bank, and people will start to see me like this, and, and I'll just get elevated to this position, that position. Listen, God knows, all right, what you've been faithful in. And sometimes your faithful things needs to be in the things that nobody else wants to be faithful in. Are you faithful in the small things? 
faithful in the little things, the things that cannot be seen by anybody else. Because let me tell you something, your reputation, okay, is something that people observe about you. People can give testimony of, they can give witness of, but your character is who you are in private. God knows about your faithfulness. He knows that he has given you a command to seek him and his kingdom first. And everything that you have need of will be added unto you. He knows whether or not you're doing that. He knows when he says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And you shake your fist at God because things aren't going the way in which you want them to. And you say, you said you would do this. And he says, listen, just don't you believe I know your future? Don't you believe I know your feelings and your frustrations? Don't you believe that? Yeah, listen, I know everything about you. I know the level of your faithfulness. That could be both good and bad, right? <laughs> Certainly, I want to tell you something. The favor of God does come upon the faithful. Let me say that again. The, faith, the favor of God does come upon the faithful. But in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, and then we'll skip to verse 4, it says, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Every good deed will be rewarded. Every word of encouragement that you give to somebody else on the earth, whether or not anybody else saw it or not, God sees it. Every single time that you go out of your way and you try to do something special for somebody else and nobody knows it, which is a really good thing, all right? It's a really good thing to do things undercover. It's good things to be agent of God and be like the Holy Spirit. Always present, but you never see him. That's a Dick Gruber thing right there, all right? Imagine yourself. Imagine yourself that you're on this giant stage and you're the only person on the stage and you're acting out your life. And in this audience, there's an audience of one. And who is that audience? God, right. He's out there and he's clapping he's, and he's saying, I see every good thing that you've ever done. I am rooting for you. I am happy for you. You put a smile on my face. What would happen if we began to live our lives and say, you know what? I want to live in such a manner way that I bring a smile to God's face. You think we do bring some things where his face is, he's got, a, he's got that emotion too and he's like, oh. They made that choice. They made that decision. They're letting that worry overtake them. They've taken their eyes off of me, the author and the perfecter of their faith. Oh, but there it is. There it is. Holy Spirit, why? You, you go to them right now. You remind them. They've called and they've asked for my help. They've asked for my intervention. And all of a sudden that word starts to come to somebody. It may come through reading by themselves or it may come from one of you. And you remind somebody what the word of God says. And all of a sudden that faith is bolstered. And they're able to get up over that situation. And anything that the enemy tries to do to try to tell the world that God doesn't care or that God doesn't exist or he's not alive or he, you know, those types of things, you're able to refute because you say, I don't know what you're talking about. Because this is what he's done for me. He knows my faithfulness. He knows everything about me. More and more in my life, I'm trying to live out my life for this audience of God. And that's what has to really count. What matters is who I am and what I do in private and, 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 and my reputation. I mean, it's important to me, right? You know, But I, I don't want it to be that thing that I'm, being, that I'm out there having to broadcast and tell everybody about. 
I want him. I want him to know, above all things, that if God sees all the good things I'm doing out there, that he's going to look at me and he's going to say, my child, when those difficult days come, I, I heard you. I seen you. I know what's going on in your life. It's not going to go unrewarded. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, we should not grow weary in doing good, right? Because we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I mean, there's another place in Scripture that he says you can even give out a cup of water in Jesus' name. He's not looking for things that, that CNN or Fox News is interested in. Right? He's looking for things that he notices. When that little child comes up to you, let me, let me tell you something. That you adults who are in this place and, and our young people who are here, teens, you, you, you as well, you young people, when, when we're in this mode of training children, we have to be about where they're at. We have to be interested in them. We have to, we have to come down to their level. We're, for, we're responsible for forming proper relationships with these young people, all right, and helping them to understand what it's like to be a true Christian. Take time. Don't discard. Don't say that we don't have time. Acknowledge, love on. If you're the parent, you're the authority figure in life, bring, bring the correction that's necessary. Those are things that are God sees that are faithful as well. Praise team, I want you to come if you would, please. As they're coming, I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads with me. Most everybody here today came on their own accord. You could have chosen to come or not to come. Regardless of the words that I've shared here in this moment, I believe this to be true. The Holy Spirit is here. He came with me, he came with others, and maybe he came with you, but he came to speak to you and to help you to understand another level, another particular nature and characteristic of God, and that is his omniscience, his all-knowing things. But what he wants you to know today is that he knows everything about you. On a personal level, he knows about you. Might I say, he's not ashamed of you. In your failures, in the parts where you've stumbled, he's looking for a way when you fall to come right alongside of you and to pick you back up. He's less concerned about his reputation than what you are. We are. We, 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 we foolishly will become people who want to protect the integrity of, of things when God's a big God and he, he can take care of himself. Certainly, he doesn't just tell us to just sin and do whatever you want, whenever you want, but he's, he knows it. He knows how frustrated you've been with your failures. But he's here today to tell you, quit beating yourself up. Acknowledge your weakness. Acknowledge your need of him. Are you here today and you say, I need to do that. 
I need that freeing, freeing that, that comes in by the power of the Holy Spirit within my innermost being when I acknowledge that I have failed him. I'm asking him to forgive me right now. Would you lift up your hand in this place? I, 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 I failed him. I, there's some things in my life that he's bringing to my, my knowledge right now, and I failed him, but I, I'm getting rid of that condemnation all across the sanctuary right now, people being real. I failed him, but I'm getting rid of that. All right, you can put your hands down. I'm not going to touch in every area. But I'm just going to go to the ears. But, but maybe you just feel like, you know what? My, I've been so frustrated. I've been feeling so overwhelmed. And worry is just taking over me. And, and I really need God's help. Are you here today and that's you? I, I really need God's help. Would you lift up your hand? You're here in this place. I need his help. I, I need him to step in and to help me. And maybe helping you is reminding you of his word and who he is. Thank you, Lord. You can put your hands down. Maybe you're here today and you know that you need to start a relationship with Jesus. You've heard about him and you felt guilty at times. You're here in a church. You, you know there's something spiritual, but you, you haven't really come to understand to how what it means to turn your life over to him, to give him everything. But here today, you say, I want to start that journey. I want to start that journey. I want to get, get back on that right road, maybe. You're here today, and you want to get right with God. You know that if you were to die tonight, heaven would not be your home, but you want that to change where you're at right now in this place. You want that to change. You're here today. Today's a new day for me. Today, I'm getting things right. Today, I'm making a first-time commitment. I'm making a recommitment, whatever it is. Where are you at today? Anybody here today? Yes, I see that. God bless you. God bless you for one person. Amen. Is there any more in this place? Yes. God bless you. Two people. You know. Anyone else here in this place today? Here's what we're going to do. I want everybody to stand up at your feet in this place. We're going to pray this prayer of, of commitment. And then we're going to open up this altar. And we're going to sing this song. And, and, and you as a congregation, I, I, I want you to understand that I think it's important that we move from comfortable spots to uncomfortable spots. And I want to encourage you to, if you could, just take a moment and come to this altar and, and acknowledge that he knows everything about you. What difference will that make in your life? How will it change how you do things? Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. I thank you, God, for working in our midst and, and doing something special in us. You've, you've seen the individuals who have raised their hands and said, there is fear. There is frustration. There are feelings. There's anxiety that comes. And, and, and Lord, I, I need to get rid of that. Meet them right where they're at in Jesus' name. God, there's shortcomings that people have had, and, and they, they just need to be free from that. The guilt after they confess it to you. They can't hide it from you. They've got to confess it to you. And so, Lord, now I pray with those who raise their hands. And everybody in this place, repeat the prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your one and only Son to take away my sins. I recognize I have messed up. And I thank you for forgiving me and paying for my sins by the blood of your Son. In Jesus' name, amen.